This is episode one, guys. I'm excited. Uh, I can tell in your voice. That sounded really excited. I was going to say, he sounds very, very excited. Yep. Um, <laughs> you, ben, you brought... You, <laughs> I'm excited. I'm I'm excited. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> uh, ben, you brought this up before we started recording. It's perfect analogy. This is the pilot episode. We're going to look back on this and go, that was awful. Yep. Can't believe we got picked up. Good thing we're doing it for free. This is Head Retention, a podcast where beer makes great conversation even greater. All right, so this is it, Head Retention. Uh, this is the, uh, well, for me, it's it's version one. For for Ben, it's version two. Christian, what is it for, for you? Is it version... A. It's going to go Y. <laughs> so my name is Roach. I'm from DC 101. Uh, it's a radio station in Washington, DC. DC. We play a lot of Imagine Dragons. The two people <laughs> along us with us on the podcast, uh, Ben from Flying Dog and Kristen from Flying Dog. We should do it here because I don't think we're going to get into titles as we move forward. So let's just do that right now. You can listen to it for once and then we'll never talk about your titles again as far as introducing yourself in your title. So Ben, what is your official title with Flying Dog? So I am the chief marketing officer. I oversee the sales and marketing uh, operations of Flying Dog Brewery and I also handle a lot of our legislative affairs. Kristen? I am the director of hospitality. I work closely with the marketing team and oversee the events and the tasting room. My favorite um, part of hanging out with you guys over the years was, uh, sorry, Ben, meeting you, Kristen, because- I told you. We just started doing our stuff. We do some broadcasts up there, and mm-hmm. it's it's fantastic. And, and you, just, you just like owned the bar and the tap room area. And I was like, she is so cool. And so I'm really glad- that you are a part of this podcast that Ben wanted to do and is now getting no accolades for. Everything up until when he met you was just a blur. <laughs> just a like, I don't even I don't remember working or going anything fine. I feel the same way, actually. Yeah. So, so there you go. Oh, thanks, so, guys. Maybe thank- I should get a new title. <laughs> <laughs> so let's uh, let's do this real quick again, where we'll probably just give you a, a brief recap per episode. But this is the first episode. This is our origin story. So... What is this podcast to you, Ben? Because you were the one who reached out to me and were like, let's let's try to do something. Yeah. You know, I think uh, I think that beer is a big part of all of our lives, uh, at least the three of ours. And I think that when we talk about stories related to beer, issues related to beer, it really it relates to just life and how how you can. For us, it's how you build a business around beer. For other people, it's it's how beer can be a social lubricant. And I think there's so many stories and so many partners and so many friends and uh, our network of, of people that we work with is, is interesting. And the way we talk about it, um, we have fun talking about it. We have fun building these stories and we wanted to, to get a forum together where we could we could explore that. On episode 100, it's going to be fantastic because social lubricant will be so far in the past and we will not know that social lubricant was literally the one thing we needed in there, and it'll be flushed down the toilet by then. It's gonna be great. That's right. It's gonna be great. <laughs> Sociallubricant.com. <laughs> it's gonna. It's gonna be great. Um, and so the thing is, this this show is not a tasting show, but we will be doing tastings of uh, at some point. But it's not going to be every episode we're tasting a beer. It's not going to be, hey, this is where this grain, or we got this strain of yeast, or this this is where this hop came from, and now we're going to talk to blank about hops for 45 it's not going to be that 
although those things could be talked about, this podcast, our hope, and hopefully down the road will have be borne out as this is the what the podcast is about, is we want to have great conversations. And the great conversations are around beer. Beer drinking um, will bring us, and I'll say it again, social lubricant. We want to have great conversations that revolve around beer. And so... Uh, beer will be our base of operations, but it won't be the only thing that we talk about. And uh, I'm excited, and I'm glad you guys are are along and uh, letting me come along for the ride for this. And since it's the origin episode, we need to start at the beginning. And I don't think anybody's going to listen to this episode until they really know us. So this will be fun because they'll be <laughs> like, God, I know all about Road Sheik. I can't believe it. But he- this is where it will all begin. And I, uh, I'm going to start with Ben because it was your, this is your baby. Um, we start at the beginning. Yeah. What, uh, when did you have your first beer and how old were you? You know, I have to say when I look back, there is, um, it's all sort of the same, but I do remember being a young kid. Now it's, it's weird because I would never do this with my, or I haven't done this with my kids, but I was probably seven or eight. And I remember vividly there there being this, um, you know, it was, it was very much the macro world, mm-hmm. natural light. Of course. You know, I Where was like this? This was pro- uh, in my house. No, but I'm saying like, like oh. what part of the country? Oh, I grew up born and raised in Ellicott City, Maryland. Okay. All right. So, so local. Yeah, local. Um, you know, my, my dad, um, not, a, not a huge beer drinker by any stretch, but... You know, the Monday Night Football, I remember people would be over or friends would be over. And, and I remember, like, asking or being bold and just asking, can I have a taste of whatever they yeah. were drinking? And it's so the taste is so vivid, I can't pin it down. I'm sure it was natural. I remember the can being a lot more interesting than it is today. <laughs> I don't know, like, and I'm sure it was. I think, you know, there's a reason why Miller Lite went back to the white can because it's more interesting. But I think naturally I had this like seal on it. I remember this being this like red emblem and it was a, it was like a pull tab. Like, well, definitely like, pull tab. Yeah. Right. Which yeah. is weird. It, it, looking back, pull tab, so maybe weird. the dumbest thing. Yeah. Very odd. Cause it's like, what am I supposed to do with this now piece of thing well, that you just, it was like when canned goods, like remember you had to like poke the hole. Like, and that's that? how- <laughs> like, I think like only pineapple juice Pi- is still that way. Pineapple juice. It's pineapple like the juice. only All thing time. that's like the last holdout <laughs> pineapple juice. But I remember being like the foil tab and it, it was a distinct flavor and I want to, I want to think it was more flavorful than what natural light is today but um it was you know just it a sip it you know probably it wasn't, wasn't. You know it wasn't. It, but it was like nothing else i'd ever tasted before. of course and i'm not going to say i liked it by any it was like not soda or apple juice or whatever else i was drinking mm-hmm. at the time and it was not great but i remember that distinct taste and and that was the first moment and i think probably for for years after that you know obviously in high school not that um you know we we can know underage drinking but no, certainly there was a, it was all macro it was like whatever you get your hands on and that was that was that was the existence of beer in my life for several, more than several years. So from like seven to, uh, well, I mean, look, uh, craft beer came, became a thing much later mm-hmm. in this our is, This in is our like lives. late 80s at this yeah. point. Yeah. So like where you, you were a macro guy, basically all I would say at, well, into adulthood. Uh, I would say I was a macro, well, yeah, macro guy certainly- into going into college. Yeah. Um, college is where you first start to really experiment with craft, but I wouldn't call myself, a, <laughs> at least I was, but it wasn't, I wouldn't call myself a craft guy in college. I feel, I, we'll talk about 699 Hams I, Light I, cases. I, I, yeah, but. all right. Let's 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 hang on before we get to college. <laughs> uh, although you scared me now, because now I'm thinking to myself, was this guy a savant? Like, no. craft beer started in college? It, I feel like craft beer is the last place that starts. I mean, maybe today 
But when we were going to college, yeah, who, who had money to get a craft beer? First of all, who I wasn't craft beer was. It. I wasn't buying. It. I went to a pretty uh, college where everyone was fairly wealthy, so it, it was oh, around. You went to a classy place. I like that. I did. I remember was remember that kids was... when you're filling out your application. Yeah, yeah. you get your craft beer experience if you go to a wealthy school. <laughs> go to a college <laughs> where they have craft beer. <laughs> all right. So, Kristen, first beer. Yeah, mine's not as cute. I feel like as Ben's story was. It involved a funnel. No <laughs> funnel. Wait, was Ben's story cute? It's kind of cute. Yeah. It's kind of like innocent. Like, uh, I'm a seven year old boy. My dad and his friends are drinking a beer. Yeah. And they I gave me try a try beer. Yeah. Is it a oh, hang on before I is it a rite of passage now? Because you just said you never did it with your kids. No, you would. So you wouldn't even think about hey because my kids have asked. Yeah, in fact, now we're talking about, um, well, there's there's some liability there. Obviously, we're working at breweries, so there's a whole different dynamic. But um, my oldest is just in high school, and we're, t- we're talking about padlocking well, things. Well, that's so. high school. Right. I'm talking about the, the wide-eyed yeah, my, youth that you My are. nine-year-old son, I no, I would not, no. So what I did, and I'll, I'll be the bad parent, so whatever. My my kid, uh, you know, because I'm a beer drinker, so they see me drinking beer fairly often. And so they, my, 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 he was seven at the time. He's a bit of a douche. He was the one who was like, <laughs> I have a, I also had a nine-year-old at the time. He would never ask because he, he understands and respects boundaries. The seven-year-old was like, <laughs> daddy, let me have a sip of that. And I was like, no, no, three times. No, the, the fourth time I had a, a Goose Island Bourbon County steak, steak dinner. Um, and I was like, you know what? This will be the lesson for you. Go ahead, have yeah. a sip. And it uh, you could tell it did the old scalding on the way down. And he was like, what is that? So I'm hoping that kicked his beer drinking down the road a little bit yeah, longer. Yeah, so let me get this straight. You're making fun of me for my craft beer college experience. But yeah. when your son does his podcast and mm-hmm. his origin story, mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be Bourbon County Stout? Yeah. Okay. My daddy gave me a Bourbon <laughs> County Stout when I was seven years old. He was so advanced. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that, that's the, that's what I do with my kids, and I'm glad you have boundaries with your children. <laughs> Kristen, your first beer, I hear, wasn't as cute as that. No, so it wasn't. What happened? So I grew up in Arizona. Okay. Um, so people know that as being very hot. So and it is. And my first beer <laughs> was at a house party. This. So um, uh, you know, house party. Like, what? Seven years old? You're at a house party? No, 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 no. Wasn't quite 21 yet, but um, older than seven. And uh, we show up, and the host says, Oh, I've got beer pong set up, and you know, I've got the beer. It's in the garage. So I'm like, Okay, cool. He must have a refrigerator in the garage because that's common in Arizona as well. And uh, I walk out there, and it's six cases of stacked Coors Light. Sitting in the garage, not refrigerated. Yeah, Arizona heat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and heat. it was nighttime. I don't know if they just thought it's it would be at night. so bad. Those Arizona nights, those yeah. desert nights, even better. It gets really cold <laughs> and then really hot. And I'm like, can we do something else? Do you have anything in your fridge? No, this is all we got. We got to do it. You know, mom and dad are going to be home tomorrow morning. We got to party now. So wait, are all you right. are you are you turning your nose up? And I'm I'm wondering if they're thinking, oh, what's up with her? She 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 can't drink yeah, beer. I mean, she's I can't such be, a she's such a lame. Yeah. Meanwhile, you're like, I don't want to drink your hot beer. Yeah. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. hot beer, hot beer, hot beer. And I was I was trying to play it cool. This is like a newer crowd for me, yep. so you know I wanted to play beer pong and mm-hmm. be one of the cool girls. And so they poured it into the cups, and we started playing. And I just remember thinking, this is the worst night of my life. 
You, you know, because the only thing worse than sipping hot beer is having to chug a hot oh, beer man. after it's been in yeah. a ping pong ball. Horrible. Been in it. Yeah, Luckily, I did pick a good teammate, okay. and I did not have to chug that cup. And then afterwards, it was like, no, we all chug now. And I was like, oh my oh, God, this is the worst. God. It's one of the most sanitary games, too, I think. It really is. It really Super is. disgusting. It really is. Yeah. yeah. Um, how old were you at this point? I was High 19. School? Oh, wow. I was older. Your journey started later. Yes. Yeah, it did. <laughs> It did. <laughs> Way later than Bourbon County. <laughs> yeah, I was not spoiled as a young child. <laughs> Listen, we all grow up in our own areas. So, you know, I got to give my kid what I never had. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so mine was, um, mine is kind of interesting because I grew up in a house with my mother, my grandfather, my grandmother, and my younger sister. And my grandfather was an, an alcoholic and he got sober six months before I was born. So I never, like, I don't have any horror stories yeah. like that. However, there was no beer in the house mm-hmm. because he was yep. a recovering alcoholic. So, uh, and when I say no beer in the house, I mean he, my my grandmother bought a case of, uh, or case, a six pack of Budweiser for my uncle. My uncle's in the Air Force and was stationed everywhere else in the world except for Philadelphia, which is where I grew up. So that six pack of Budweiser probably was... 15 years old that was sitting in the back of the of the refrigerator. At it the actually low. tastes kind of good. Then. It's <laughs> aged. It's aged nicely. So uh, well, you never saw it, though, because it was so far back in the refrigerator on the lowest shelf with all the stuff in front of it. So it was never beer was never a part of my childhood because of my grandfather. So I remember I, I was dating a girl. I was in eighth grade and she drank beer probably too much. Well, eighth grade, anything more than a sip is too much. She drank beer too much, but I never drank beer. So she would always be like, uh, hey, uh, it's Friday night. What are, you, what are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm drinking with my friends. It's eighth grade. And I'm like, oh, cool. I'm sitting in my house not drinking, obviously. <laughs> so one day I was like, you know what? I've, I think I got to be cool in front of this girl. I'm going to drink a beer. By the way, she wasn't there. She was on the phone. So I was like, I'm going to drink a beer. Uh, we have a beer in my in my refrigerator. I'm going to drink it. And she goes, you should definitely drink it. And I go, all right, I'm going to drink it. Open it up. Taste one. Take one sip. Now it's 15-year-old Budweiser. So it's probably the most <laughs> delicious thing ever. No, but no. I wanted to vomit off of it. Mm-hmm. And then I just remember pretending that I was buzzed off of it because I wanted to show off in front of her. Like, yeah. hey, I can drink beer too. And her being absolutely disgusted that I would insult her by thinking that one sip of beer would make me buzzed. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All in the name of being cool. All showing off for a girl is really yeah. what it was. And yeah. so um so I ran track in high school and it's a three season sport. So I was always a day away from a track meet on party nights. So I didn't drink any beer through high school. So I had that one sip in eighth grade, nothing through high school. So my first real exposure to beer on a consistent basis was college. Um side note, I was a big um I was a big wine cooler drinker in high school. <laughs> Really? If you want to know some fun facts was, about your boy Roach and how cool he was. What was your brand of choice? Uh, Bartles and James? Seagram's. Seagram's. Oh. Because the ladies, we, you know, we, were the, we bought it for the ladies, and I say we, yeah. the real men bought it for the ladies, and I drank with the ladies because the, the, they didn't like the taste Was Mad Dog in there, too? Or? No, it's too high. It's too high Boone's, octane. Boone's too, Farm? That's that too high octane, Ben. Oh. Too high octane. Yeah. Uh, Zima had a run, but I didn't drink the Zima. Uh, so yeah, I wouldn't even drink the the crappy beer, the malt fruity beer. Yeah, I think yeah. Zima came out. We, we I don't know. How I think old I'm you are. 45. Okay, so I'm 41. So yeah, Zima came out. I want to say 
what like around yeah yeah definitely it was a big splash i remember and now it's back it was game changer (laughs) i remember being at you know it was around i feel sorry for you guys i know yeah you should i miss that train that and crystal pepsi yeah and well you know what we didn't get the joy of of uh, Arizona hot garage mm, Coors Light, so like maybe we aren't yeah. the ones who are lucky. You're right. <laughs> dry, burn your eyebrows off. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Yeah, Zima. If we can use uh, current corporate technology terms, it was a disruptor. It was definitely a disruptor. <laughs> it certainly was <laughs> disrupted a lot of stuff. My stomach included. It I think high school that. was full of like we had like I think Red Dog was one. All the beers. Ice House had just come Ice out. House had it. You know who else had a run? Killian's. Killian's. Everybody loved the Killian's. And all red. the ice beers, Natty Ice, and all that stuff. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah. I, I remember when I passed 21, you would the, the date night was Bennigan's because you were broke. So you would go to Bennigan's, and you know when you were at home or at like house party, you're drinking the Ice House yeah. and the Red Dog. But when you were taking a girl to Bennigan's, you ordered a Killian's because you were being classy. Wow. Yeah. Obviously, and, and look, look in Kristen's face and, says mm-hmm. class personified yes. and Irish apparently, and uh, well, definitely Irish. Well, yeah, it's, I'm an Irish yeah. neighborhood's got to be. So, um, I did not drink until I got to college. Wow, now I'm feeling very alone at this table. So I'm gonna uh, we're, we'll pick it up. I didn't say I, I didn't drink. I just didn't drink my first oh, beer. Twice beer. Yeah. It was all vodka. It was all vodka. It was, was pop off plastic handles. So I will. Um, I'll go. <laughs> I'll go back to Ben since uh, we're in college and Kristen still's not drinking beer yet. Yeah. So um, when you got to college, apparently this foo foo college yeah, early nineties craft beer phenomenon. Uh, you were way. Ahead. You were literally twenty years ahead of the game at this college. Well, I had, so I assume this college now is drinking stuff that we won't even know about until we get to like twenty fifty. I don't know. The weather's pretty bad, there, so they're probably, <laughs> they probably are. Um, they're probably cooking up something. Yeah, I would say it really started ramping up for me. I, I have an advantage because my brother is older. He's three three years older, and when he went to college, uh, he started getting into homebrewing. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's that's ahead of the game too. Right. What was homebrewing? So he's he's in college like ninety. I guess I started ninety two. So he's in, you know, he's in college three years ahead. So, you know, he he was into it. He had all the equipment. He was trying things. And so when I go visit him at, at College Park, he went to Maryland. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he had a collection of things, and I won't say that the I was trying any of that stuff, but I knew it was there in the back of my head. And um, my first real experience was uh, at a party freshman year, a craft beer experience was a party freshman year. And I remember there was a, like a, one of those kiddie pools, you know, those mm-hmm. little pools. The blow up and, ones, yeah. Yeah. And it was like, wow, well, I think it was like oh, the, hard the plastic. Oh, the sides, yeah. yeah, the sides, yeah. And it was just full of ice and beer and it was all, you know, macro beer. And there was like this other beer there that looked different. And it was, it was Sierra Nevada Pale Ale and I remember grabbing mm. it and- it was at a party, so I didn't buy it. I did not have disposable income in college. So, But I remember it tasting like completely different and being mm-hmm. this whole new experience. And that kind of kicked things off. Certainly, the bulk of college was the six ninety nine case of Ham's Light yeah. or whatever was available in northern Indiana. I was going to say, do you want to say where you went to college or do you just want to say the, the vicinity? So I went to Notre Dame. So... Yeah. Money. Oh. So, wow. we, yeah. There was so I went of... to Notre Dame. I got the pause, too. Well, I went to <laughs> Notre Dame. There are a lot of people that go there that are very wealthy. I was not one of them. Okay. And, and so it was Do you realize part. there's a stigma? There is a stigma. But do you, I mean, I felt like you had an awareness of, I'm going to say it, and now I've got to hear it. Once well, I say where I went, everybody's going to be, there's going to be a whole different shift in the dynamic here. There is either you love it because you're <laughs> Catholic and you, I don't know, you grew up liking Rudy or you hate it because you yeah. like Alabama or USC or something. 
but I'm I'm conscious of all that. Okay. But, yeah. All right. But yeah, so it was it was at this random party. I remember it sort of changed my perception, and that was the time when you could get Sierra. Um, not it wasn't easy, but certainly Sam Adams was around. Um, and then when I got back home in the summers and hanging out with my, my brother, it certainly opened my palate a little bit more to that stuff. And I remember Frederick Brewing Company; he was into that, and um, you know a couple other local beers. Then that was before the late '90s bubble kind of burst, but. Yeah, and then my my brother and my dad got into Baltimore Brewing Company, which was this German slanted brewery in downtown. They were part wow. of the Mug Club, and so that was that was always you got this in your blood. Yeah, like you really like because I'm thinking to myself, how is a guy in his 20s? I'm talking about your brother here. How yeah. is he home brewing? It's crazy in the in the mid 90s. That's that's really ahead of the game. Yeah, and he did this thing where he he actually uh, entered some contests with a local restaurant, which is crazy to think they would do this now, but. Uh, where if you won the homebrew contest, your beer would be featured on tap. And he did this this whole thing. He won the contest. And I remember my friends and I snuck one of the bottles of the beer that he brewed for that. And we were like, oh, this is the winner. This is, winner. <laughs> this is try the best this. beer yeah. in the area. And it was like a huge, like like robust, like oatmeal style or something. It was just not good, <laughs> at least for our palate. Like we were like... <laughs> Oh my God! Is this what like award-winning beer tastes like? Because maybe give me my old style back. But by the way, Ben did the uh, Ben did the uh, the big thing of when they don't like a beer that somebody they know brewed. You know what? My pal- It's not my palate. It's not from my palate. <laughs> it's my brother. It's tasty. It's not my palate. <laughs> but no, he was pretty good. You know, the whole home brewing thing. I I brewed for a very little bit. I'm not. I'm not. Um, anal enough about the sanitary elements to make good batches of beer. Oh, that uh, sounds delicious. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. Just not anal like... sanitary beer all in one sentence. Well, That's just, You know what? Maybe we're looking for a line for our podcast yeah. descriptor. That could be it. That could be it. <laughs> They're like the bottles have to be clean before oh, you put beer in them. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't God, handle who, that. Who I can't would, handle that. Who would want a clean yeah. bottle for their beer? So I maybe did like five batches and I gave up homebrew. I figured I could never do it better than the, the professionals. So, But my brother kept at it and he got me into it and... Um, I'd say by the time I was through college, um, I, I won't say I didn't revert back to Heineken or whatever, but as that as that grew and as my income increased yeah. that I could afford, you know, um, to buy craft beer, it was sort of like no looking back at that point. It's um, you have been very blessed to go to a uh, wealthy school and have a wealthy beer history. So you, you've been <laughs> wealthy. You, beer you've history. lived a very privileged life. Yeah, I'm, I'm proud right. of you. Around ben. beer, it's all around, around beer. Around beer. Uh, so I'll go next because we're still not in the age where Kristen can jump back in for her 19. <laughs> I'm years like old. five, by the way. <laughs> That's right. Just we, so everybody yeah, knows, like time. where the uh, age difference lies. Yeah, not only was she 19, it was 2005. <laughs> <laughs> so um i went to bloomsburg which is um it's in upstate pennsylvania so it's uh it's halfway between scranton wilkesbury and penn state maine okay so it's right literally it's the same it's off of 80 and so the great thing about that is i so i pledged a fraternity that was the game changer uh that's why i flunked out of bloomsburg university but it's also it's also what started my beer journey. That's where I, for the first time, began drinking beer. Our bid night, which is where you get your bid, and now you then you start pledging, uh, is when I had Mad Dog for the first time. That was a horrific night. They always are those it's Mad Dog a, nights. It's a horrific night, and I I I know for a fact when we so we pledged and we got in. We weren't allowed to drink during pledging. When we got in the party, I did not drink that night, and everybody was like. Hey man, we've gone without for two months. Now you can drink, and you're not. I still had not really embraced beer yet. 
So here's the thing, and, and I'll ask you guys a question because uh, we talk about macros versus craft. We are we were right down the street from Pottsville. So we actually we actually made Dick Yingling an honorary brother of Pi Kappa Phi Bloomsburg uh, campus or chapter. He gave us at the time this was a word a quart of beer, ninety six cases. Wow, wow. So they just literally the 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 big Yingling truck pulled up, yeah. maybe multiple trucks, and they just walked them up into the attic, and the, it was winter time, so you just put them in the attic. And they, whenever there was a party, grab cases, bring them down. Grab wow, cases, bring them down. Is... Grab cases, bring them down. And so they were just getting to the end of that by the time I got into the fraternity. But we never got anything other than kegs of Yingling Lager because well, it was so freaking. That's that was the beast. Uh, that was Milwaukee's best. That was Natty Bow. That was that beer of that area. It's the it was the cheapest beer that you could get was a keg of Yingling Lager. Now. Saying that, it's like Yingling right. Lager. That's, yeah. I mean, it's not a crazy beer, but it's it's definitely not of the other level of beers that we were talking about. Yeah, and that was the time when you could only get Yingling in Pennsylvania. I think, it's, oh, you could only yeah. you, you couldn't even get it in Philadelphia because so I, I went home. Yeah. You could, it, it, it wasn't available. You could only get it in that little sliver yep. of Central Pennsylvania. So it's weird that that I if would you call that craft beer? Uh, they cer- call themselves craft. It certainly beer. is uh, like the. Brewers Association definition is is technically they are craft beer. Yeah, but it's macro leaning. You know, I think it's just it's just a it's a beer that um, because they're independent and because it's family owned and mm-hmm. just because they've been around so long that they've grown to the size that they are. It's hard to put them in that category. But at the end of the day, it's I mean it's a pretty I mean it's I wouldn't say it's the most flavorful beer, but it certainly I do see a difference between that and and. And Miller what other Light Bud Light. yeah, what other college kids kids were getting at kegs yeah. for their beer? So it was lucky. Hey, Aaron, maybe you put that down. We do a Yingling episode because that would be a good one as yeah. well, and talk about it because there's some great stories, and he's he's told us some great stories about like they were about to go out of business, yeah, Bec- and then he stumbled upon the lager recipe and said, "Let's try this one as the last roll of the dice." And I mean, you can't you go into Pennsylvania and you say, "Give me a lager." I remember give vividly, you uh, my dad. When he would go up to visit friends in Punxsutawney or wherever, he would. <laughs> right, it's I, I almost said Pennsylvania. Right? <laughs> um, when uh, it's not when a he, part of the state, he would be. Yeah, it's not really a thing. But he would say, you know, he'd come back with me and he'd be like, you know, I remember he was devastated when he kept doing that, and then he did it to the point where, like, I had to tell him, hey, like they sell that here now, like. You don't have oh, to make this voyage anymore because that was a pilgrimage from him. Yeah, it was, it was thing, like a yeah. thing. Remember, like Coors Light or Coors didn't ship like east of the Mississippi for like ever, and it was like this big thing. Like if you go out west, you get Coors and you bring it back. And Yingling was that kind of thing, and it's it's sort of sad to see that that's definitely the case. yeah, totally. So that's what that's what we would have every fraternity party was kegs of Yingling. So hey, that could, that could be it could be a lot worse. It could right? be a t- it could be a hell of a lot worse. Yeah. So that was my that was my real first experience with beer other than that one sip of Budweiser. You know what? That's a pretty good first beer. It's nice it's a good first uh, beer. Uh, yeah. I'll take that. Uh Kristen, I think we're at 19 years old at this point. Yeah. So yeah. we're going mean... to fast forward to modern century now. Um <laughs> So. I, I, Kristen's first experience, she had a cell phone in her hand. <laughs> she was emailing somebody. Exactly. She's trying yeah. to take an Insta pic of it. She's taking it to Instagram. Oh, it was only Facebook then. Oh, which wow. is now Wow, that cool. is old. I know. All right. Thank so you. through college, it was definitely the macro stuff, but I 
tended to lean towards my vodka and wine. I started mm-hmm. to get into wine because I was working at restaurants. And so I worked behind the bar and you made a lot of money off of wine. So we got a lot more wine education than we did beer education uh, when you were bartending. So eventually I took a job in Oklahoma and I was opening. I know. So I have a crazy story. Just, yeah. um, and I was opening a wine and pizza bar, but we obviously had beer. And this was right when I realized how big craft was starting to become because I was bar manager and I had to pick the beer list and corporate gave me the AOK to pick my own list, which like never happens in a corporate restaurant situation. But they wanted this place to feel more trendy than their other concepts. So that's when I was like, wow, I really need to brush up I gotta on do work. Yeah. my, oh my God. knowledge. What, what'd you yeah. go with? Um, so the first rep, so how it works is reps come through and they, you know, they represent multiple different breweries. And they just try to sell you on their lines. The first one that came through the door had Green Flash. And wow, that's a good yeah, one. Yeah. It was a giant departure, though, from what I was yes. used to. So it was the Green Flash IPA. Um, oh, boy. So that yeah. blew you out, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. I was just like, wow, <laughs> this is different. The, uh, West Coast IPA. Yeah. West Coast yeah. IPA. Yeah, that's, yep. a, that's a hop explosion. Yeah. R- RIP. Uh, but I do remember thinking, like, even though it really shocked me because I just wasn't expecting it, it was just so much better. And it had, like, complexity to yeah, it. Yeah, it felt, yeah. And that's when I was like, okay, I think I could get into this. Like, great, I've got my wine reps on Monday, my beer reps on Tuesday. It's going to be a great job. Um, and that's really what started me into caring more about beer. Um, and I took it upon myself to make sure that my staff knew just as much about beer as they did wine because mm-hmm. you can make great margins on beer too. So it was kind of, it was really fun because I got to play literally with the top lines, which you just don't really get to do. And I was trying kind of everything. I'm sure at some point we'll reference the bell curve in one of the episodes of how a craft beer drinker explores. But I was definitely in the phase of like, what's the newest? What's the most limited? Mm -hmm. I'll take that keg and we would just rotate it. So we were one of the first like rotate nation kind of restaurants. Which is the like you can't you can't have a a restaurant now and not do that. You've got to do you got to do a rotation. Well, I think it's exist, okay to have but, yeah. it's okay to have maybe one or two lines that you rotate. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah, yeah. I really do feel like after going through that experience, you'd want your staples because you have regulars and mm-hmm. your regulars like, you know, one style of IPA and mm-hmm. you gotta have, you know, something a pale ale available. So I do think that it was a little crazy and then eventually we did kind of s- settle out to four or five beers that we always kept and then we had two beers that we rotated. But I was exposed to a lot because of that at a very fast. Well, that's pace. that's what I was. I mean, I'm sitting here thinking, and I'm like, I go, it's weird that all three of us are coming from a complete different way to get to the same point. Yours was basically, I'm drinking craft beer because it's my job, mm-hmm. like literally, yeah. Like it's not yeah. any. It's like my job. Like <laughs> no, it was like it was yeah. like your job. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you were exposed to the to the whole phenomenon then early, mm-hmm. and for me, it was just drinking beer until. 2010, 2011, when it was like, oh, there's a there's another level yeah. to then to just hang out and drinking beer. It's just it's kind of fascinating. There's three different people in the room and there's three different approaches. So when to you it. got into craft, it was like movements in full swing. So I realized, and you know this because our our experience was for me it was water that was flavored differently than a soda or a juice it wasn't like i was drinking this because i love the taste mm-hmm. it was i like getting buzzed and all of my friends are hanging out drinking so i'm going to drink as well i mean i went through a bud select phase because yeah. it was like 
this is kind of tasty. Uh, all right. Right. So, I mean, for me, the first, if, if we're going to discount Yingling, and we will for, for the next part of this, the first craft beer I had was a Samuel Adams, which I think is probably yeah. a, a pretty right down the middle craft beer experience for a lot of, if you yeah. ask 10 craft beer lovers, how many would you say their first was with Samuel Adams oh, that they so would consider? Yeah. And I'd yeah. say back then, I mean, it's hard to to really, I think for a lot of people to taste the hops in that beer now, but Back then, that that was a whole different beer. Tons of hops in that. Beer. And if you looked, if you looked at the tap line of any bar or restaurant oh, you went yeah. into, Samuel Adams was on an island compared. To, I mean, you would go through a, a Bud Light, Coors Light, MCLA, and those are the same kind of beers. And then there was Samuel Adams, and you're like, I'll take the one thing that is not the same as everything else. Yeah, I remember like uh, uh, draft or tap towers used to be like. Bass used to be like one that was always Bass there. was ridiculous. Newcastle yes. was out there. Was like Newcastle was like, you were like, or Newcastle, yeah. people were like, yo, why are you putting airs on? Yeah. It's like ridiculous. And I went through a phase when I started really getting into soccer and watching mm. games in the mornings, I would do black and tans. Yep. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was kind of, so that was, uh, is that a harp? Is it a harp and Guinness? Or is yeah, it a harp- Bassett? Or ba- uh, no, half and half is harp and Guinness. Harp, yeah. And, and uh, so black and tan black is and tan. Bass and Guinness. I think Bass really hit its like high point when Billy the fish that used to hang on the wall. Did the, the, did the thing, the turn and look. I think that's really why people were into it. <laughs> high for, point, low point. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know what? It was the high point, but it was also the start of the yeah, That's right. Mm-hmm. It was it also was. the beginning of the end. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you went through, there was a Guinness phase where Guinness was sure. like the, yeah. the, the, if you wanted to be a foo-foo beer drinker and you're drinking a Guinness, everybody's looking at you like why are you putting airs on again well i can tell you you know interesting story where I, obviously where i went to school like guinness those those sort of uh really uh nostalgic um not nostalgic but the historic guinness posters with mm-hmm. the like the toucan those were like dorm room and apartment like that was like a staple of decoration to. yeah right next to your shirtless jim morrison at picture a, at an I, well to. that was at an irish catholic school oh, like, the guinness stuff well, was obvi- yeah. was yeah everywhere. absolutely yeah. i mean we had irish the Notre Dame fighting Irish guy, but that's like just your mascot. That's just your right. day. And you had Black and Tan was also another Yingling offering. I think. They did. Yeah. They yes, they did it together in a can. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, the Lord Chesterfield uh, Yingling, which I don't even know what kind of style was, but I was like Lord Chesterfield. That sounds like a great. Yeah. Name. Well, now they have a Pilsner. <laughs> I think. I think Yingling they they did, yeah Pilsner. yeah. So the Lord Chesterfield just got me thinking about beer names. That's another episode. Lord Chesterfield. Oh yeah. <laughs> you could do beer names. The Lord Ch- because it was like Yingling Lager, Yingling Porter. Mm. Yingling Black and Tan, Lord <laughs> Chesterfield. Wait, yeah, what's that? that? What's going on with that beer? So interesting. It doesn't say what it is in the name. I have to try it. So, uh, yeah. So, I, you know what? I'm going to stop there because that's my origin story. And everything after that is the evolution of my beer drinking palate. But if you want to know, you know, my first beer, my first beer drinking experience, and what I would consider my first craft beer, it would probably be Samuel Adams in the, the late 90s, early 2000s. So, a little later than, than when you came around. I didn't have the education yeah. that you yeah, had well, been. You know. um, so, that, that's probably we where We can't I, all be Ben. Exactly. So, so, I guess to wrap up, Ben, where when did you... You evolved from, you know, really getting into what your your brother and your father were drinking into realizing I am drinking craft beer. You know, I'd say, you know, upon graduation, I had I had my eye on actually the industry. So I was a little bit um, more interested just beyond the beer. I loved everything about what craft was doing. I know it, so I graduated in 1999. So it was a little bit there was a bubble there that kind of burst. But a funny, interesting story is that I, I didn't have a job when I graduated and I pushed my way in to do two informational interviews. Uh, one was at Baltimore Brewing Company because I wanted to just get in the industry somehow. And 
um, I just forced my way into getting an informational interview, which is like code for the interviews that don't go anywhere. <laughs> and uh, I also pushed my way into getting an informational interview at Frederick Brewing Company. So I actually interviewed right out of college that summer with a random operations guy at the the building that Flying Dog is in right now. Um, and then nothing came of it. And a few months later, I had to get a real job, had to finally start earning some money. And I was off um, into the marketing world and, and did that for about 10 years before, you know, I came back. So full circle, like I actually work in the building that I wow. did my that's first great story. Yeah, yeah, so great. like I was always into the industry. I wanted to get into it. it. Just took me a little longer than I wanted, but I'd say right after college, it was, it, I won't say a hundred percent craft beer cause you, you always have to make concessions. And I think we talked about how some of those concession stories are a little funny, but, um, you know, I was just, I was just all in and, and it, it went through a progression there where, now I'm sort of on the other side, and I just want really high-quality, fresh beer, and um, mm-hmm. I'm less interested in waiting in line for rare beer, but I certainly, my fridge is all craft all the time, and, and it's just part of my identity. That's our origin stories. You, you, uh, you're probably similar. If, if it's different, hit us up. Let us know. Do we have an email address? I'm going to bring Aaron in as we wrap it up. Do we, do we have an email address? Do we have a way to reach for re- people to reach out to us? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Head retention oh, podcast at gmail.com. Head retention podcast at gmail.com. Um, what's your origin story? Um, we'd love to do a, another episode where we talk about your stuff and, and what got you in the beer. So first beer, first beer experience, what really opened you up to beer and what would you consider the first craft beer that you ever had? Um, that's also the end of this episode. So thank you very much for listening. And um, we're a lot better now, aren't we? Yes, we are. But this is how we started. So thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Heading out already? Well, make sure you're following us on social at head underscore retention so you don't miss any new releases. Head Retention is a Flying Dog Brewery and DC 101 collab.